Thank you for listening to the Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. Consider supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com, subscribing, and sharing this message with your friends. God bless you. You know what I feel in here tonight? It is the mantle of the Holy Spirit. Has it fallen on you tonight? Praise God. Reading to you from the book of Romans, chapter number 1, verse number 11. The word says, for I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. I would like to minister the subject from this scripture Desiring to impart some spiritual gift. Desiring to impart some spiritual gift. Amen. Just before you're seated, turn and smile at somebody and say, by faith, God is going to use me. He is going to use me. You have heard it said... By many mainstream religious personalities, that the miraculous is gone. You have heard them say that spirituality is gone. You have heard them say it's not even any longer the Holy Ghost, but God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. They have said the supernatural is gone. They have said there are no more apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, gifts of the Spirit, nothing like that. We just simply want old-fashioned hymns. We want just a 20-minute cut-and-dried message, hit the buffet after, and maybe watch a little bit of football. But my Bible tells me that in the last days, says God, I will pour out my Spirit. And in those last days, old men, they would dream dreams. And young men, they would see visions. The Bible says that would happen in the last days. Have the last days come and gone? Absolutely not. We're in them right now. That's why we believe in the supernatural because the Bible says it would happen in our day, in our time. If you're excited about it, clap your hands unto the Lord. Praise God. Amen. I know miracles are real. I don't know if Sister Espinoza is in here tonight. Amen. Sister Espinoza yesterday suffered a horrible, severe burn on her hand. But she came to church last night and in faith lifted up that hand unto God. And I just saw that hand before service. Go ahead and raise that up. Not a blister, not a burn on that hand. Completely healed completely made new that's a miracle right before our very eyes hallelujah this thing that we do called fasting in the old time it was not just the absence of food but at times they would abstain from food and they would abstain from water and they would have even abstained from bathing and putting oil upon their body, and even abstaining from wearing nice clothes. They would wear sackcloth, 
and would abstain from marital relations. When the king called for this, it was a time of war and a time of crisis. And Israel would consecrate themselves and they would win the war the next day. You know what they were doing? Some of the ancient teachings said that if they would go without food and go without water and abstain from bathing, all of those things, they were living as an angel would live. Think about it. Do the angels eat or drink? No. Do they bathe? No. Their spirits, they don't do anything like that. But what they were doing, what God instructed them to do was not only deny their flesh, but it was to take on the characteristics and the integrity of the angels up in heaven. Amen. Amen. And isn't it true even today that if you will subject your flesh unto God, amen, if you will go without certain pleasures of this world for a time and a season, that's when the miraculous comes. That's when angels come. Hallelujah. If you want to get a hold of heaven, it's time to live like heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The gifts of the Spirit, fivefold ministry, supernatural things, did not just originate in the New Testament. They did not just originate in the Old Testament. Oh no, they came from heaven itself from the ancient of days. You know, I don't think for one minute that God taught the angels, you know, how to read and write with a chalkboard. Or gave him an iPad or something like that. But oh no, when the angels speak, it is all by impulse of the Holy Ghost. Anywhere they go, anywhere they move, the prophet Ezekiel said they go where the Spirit said go. They do what the Spirit said to do. Amen. You notice angels, whenever they're touching things, amen, miracles happen. Healings take place. They declare the future. They declare the knowledge of God. They declare the wisdom of God. They're able to discern spirits. Amen. It's like the gifts of the Spirit already exist upon the angels of the living God. Amen. That's why we operate in them. That's why we flow in them. That's why we move in him because this world is not our home, but really our true residence. It is in heaven. I want to live like an angel. I want to minister like an angel. I want to operate like an angel. And I feel there's some people in here tonight, you've gotten a hold of something this week. You've gotten something greater, amen. It didn't come, amen, just inside of this building or in this city or anywhere else, but it came from heaven itself, amen. Praise God. The giftings of God were in the Old Testament. Joseph was apostle. He governed. Elijah was a prophet. He guided Ahimaaz was a runner for the king and the people like an evangelist. He would run back and forth with the news of war and things happening. You look at David. He was like the shepherd gathering Israel around the temple. Amen. He was like a pastor that guarded. You look at Ezra who stood up to a people, amen, that didn't know anything about the law and the word. And he taught them and he brought back knowledge of the living God. The gifts of the spirit operated in the Old Testament. The word of wisdom, it's God's spiritual revelation of his divine course of action. In 2 Kings 3, Elisha wisely instructed Israel and the army and the king to dig, to dig ditches of water all around and to fill them up. And the next morning when the army the looked, they thought Israel had a betrayal and thought they turned on each other and they advanced. But it was Israel who arose and defeated them. That came through the word of wisdom. Knowledge was there. 
God's revelation of his intelligence of things that are and things that have been. Samuel in the Old Testament, a prophet, knew that Saul's donkeys were lost and had been found. Faith was there. It's God's hope. It's God's belief. It's God's feeling. It's his confidence. It's his assuredness. It was Joshua and Caleb. Hallelujah. And we got Joshua and Caleb, amen, on our speaking team this year. Hallelujah. Bit of faith, hallelujah. Amen, it was their great faith when everybody said we couldn't, we can't, we're not able. It was them, Joshua and Caleb, who stood up and said we can take the giants. We can take the cities. We can take the armies. Amen, that's faith, hallelujah. The gifts of healing were there. Amen, the spiritual recovery of the human body, property, or any part of creation. You see Elisha coming up to a a pool of water, the only drinking source that they had, and it was poison. And he took some salt and threw it in it and said, this water shall be healed. And it was. You had the working of miracles. Moses divided a large sea before the eyes of all the people. You had prophecy. Elijah walked in and said, at my word, it shall not rain. You had discerning of spirits. Micaiah discerned all the lying spirits of the prophets of Ahab. It's all there. It's all packed in there. But one prophet stood up and saw backslid in Israel. And he said, behold, the days are coming when there will not just be a famine, not just a famine of rain, a famine of harvest, a famine of food, but there will be a famine of the word and the demonstration of God. But that was not just all where prophecies stopped in the Old Testament. One of the psalmists, amen, one of the worshipers, one of the singers like we just heard from Mershon College, he stood up in a psalm and he said, concerning Messiah, that you have ascended on high and you have led captivity captive. You have received gifts among men, even from the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. You know what that psalmist was seeing? He foresaw the gifts of God that dwelt upon men and women in Israel that even operated during rebellious times that one day Messiah would receive all of those people and their giftings with him as he would pull them up out of captivity. But the famine came of the word of God and the demonstrations of heaven in the land. But thank the Lord, prophecy was fulfilled and John saying that the word of God that was once lost, the word, the famine of the word is now gone and the word has now come to us and it has become flesh. And he now dwells among us and we have beheld his glory. The famine, amen, of the supernatural had ceased. It was time for miracles to come back. It was time for spiritual things to happen. It was time, amen, not for the kingdom of heaven to be something that was far out or something that was unattainable, but this word that was manifested among us, he said, it's so close, it's at hand, you can even reach out and grab it. And I feel the nearness of that kingdom here with us tonight. Is there any sick in heaven? No. Is there any death in heaven? No. Is there any depression in heaven? No. Is there any anxiety in heaven? No. And when you get heaven around you, you start to have heaven show up. Hallelujah. There's going to be sick people walk out of here healed tonight. There's going to be people, amen, with struggles going to walk out of here victorious. Hallelujah. Somebody shout heaven. 
Praise God. Jesus imparted these gifts to his disciples. He hung on that cross and with his own blood purchased our salvation, atoning our sins. But it didn't just stop there. As the prophet said, he would have to ascend where the captives were and take them out of captivity and receive their gifts unto himself. There's more insight into this passage. 1 Peter chapter 3, 19, it says that Jesus went down into prison and preached to the spirits that were there. Paul said that Messiah, before he ascended on high, he descended down into the lower parts and he led captivity captive. And he slightly changes the prophecy a little bit. And he says he gave gifts unto men. You know what Jesus did when he went down into hell, down into Abraham's bosom? He looked and he saw Moses and he said, the gifts that I gave unto you, I'm going to give them to my church. He looked at Samuel and said, the word that you had, I'm going to give it to my church someday. He looked upon Isaiah and said, the very same things that you did, I'm going to give it to my church one day. He looked at a people, a past generation that had to minister in rebellious times. He looked past all of that and saw the giftings that were there. And he said, my church that I purchased with my own blood, it's built upon a rock that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. They're going to need those gifts. And he sent those gifts down down to the church and we're here having them with us to this day. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? That is why Paul said, I want to come to you to impart some spiritual gift to you. I want you to have a taste of what heaven is like. I want you to have a feeling of what the supernatural is like because he knew that the Roman church would need it to reach their generation. He knew that's what they needed, amen, to combat the forces of darkness. And he wanted to come and see them and impart a spiritual gift. And I believe that there are men and women of God that just like Paul, they are looking to impart what they are upon somebody. And I tell you, passing the mantle, impartation is real. The giving, amen, of the virtue and the high calling and the things inside of somebody, passing it down to somebody, it is real and it's happening at this conference. Amen. I know God sometimes can directly impart something special into somebody. I know sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to be the laying on of hands. I know sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to come through the flow of mentorship. But more often than not, you talk to somebody who has a gifting. They can tell you, this is where I got it, and this is who I got it from. Impartation flows, amen, through the man of God and the woman of God to those who are hungry for it. To those who desire it. To those who won't lock up a man when the minister is trying to minister to them. But those who come to it with an open heart and an open mind. And not only that, with a right motive. Amen. Don't you know that the supernatural was never meant, amen, for you to be an actor and show it off. For you to be seen by men. But oh no, God gives us these things that we may edify the church of the living God. 
Jesus looked at the Pharisees and he told his disciples, you see, you see what they're doing, all their long prayers, all of their talking, all of their much speaking, all of their excessive this and that and the other. They're hypocritus. In the Greek, that means an actor. They're just putting on a show. They're just putting on a little play. It's not for God, oh no, but it's to be seen of men. He said when you go, amen, into a banquet hall, when you're invited to a wedding or something like that, don't you ever do what you do to be seen of men. Don't you ever walk into that high seat, oh no, that's not how I will promote you, but you start at the lowest of the low. Amen, you learn to operate without a title. Amen, you learn to operate without prestige. Amen, and you wait for somebody to say, Come on up here and join us. That's how impartation works. It's somebody saying, what I've got, you're good enough to do it. What I've got, you're worthy enough to do it. What I've got, I think you're able to do it. Hallelujah. I want to share with you some instances when things were imparted into my life. I have an impartation from my father. From Brother Stone King, Brother Art Wilson, many men who are with us ministering in this conference and throughout our fellowship. But I would like to share with you some instances of men who have already gone on to be with the Lord. Back in the 1990s, we had a powerful evangelist by the name of Eli Hernandez come to our church. And he gave the altar call and he said, if anybody needs a miracle, I want you to come up and put your toes right here up on the steps I was only 11 years old and I was sitting in the row there by my mother. And right before he was about to pray and speak the word of faith upon those miracles, he turned and he looked at me and he said, I want young brother Gleason to come up on this platform. Son, it is your turn, amen, to be used in the miraculous. I'd only had the Holy Ghost for about two months. I was still, amen, one of those kids that liked to draw in church. I'd never read my Bible completely through. I don't even think I'd ever paid tithe in my life. I'd never done anything like it. But the man of God said, I see something upon you that I want to impart into you. And he walked me up there to that altar. And I mean, there are people came up there with scoliosis. There were people up there that came with migraine headaches and, and knee pains and this and that and the other. And he said, don't you worry about a thing. I'm going to be right here. He said, all I want you to do, Justin, is to put your hand out upon their forehead and repeat after me. And I did. And I said what he said to say. He said, I take authority over this uh, back pain. I said, I take authority over this back pain. I command it to leave now in the name of Jesus. And I watched, not ever doing anything like that in my life, going down the line, amen, that prayer line up there in front of the church. Everybody I prayed for, amen, was miraculously healed by the power of the living God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It happened through impartation. Last year, we were worried during the lockdown, you know, all that social distancing stuff. Amen. And it been nice to be able to give somebody a hug at this conference. Hallelujah. And it been nice, amen, to lay hands on somebody. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I've been uh, trying to do what I can so none of you can say you got COVID from me. Hallelujah. 
But I'm telling you what, in the beginning of it all, we were so worried and so concerned. And Pentecost Sunday came, and we were so terrified, amen, of what could possibly happen. But we wanted people to get the Holy Ghost, you know. And how can people get the Holy Ghost unless we're laying hands on them and rocking them back and forth and hollering and pitching and snorting and doing all that stuff? But Bishop preached, and he said, if anybody wants the Holy Ghost, come on up here to receive it. I thought, there ain't nobody in here to receive the Holy Ghost. This is just church folk, hallelujah, that are just, you know, don't, don't want to watch church no more through their phone. They're just ready to have church. But to my surprise, about six people came up here to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I remember sitting over there, worried, terrified about the virus and this and that. And I thought, how are they going to get the Holy Ghost? Nobody's praying for them. The Lord checked my spirit. And he said, I want you to go and lay your shadow upon them. I thought, that's book of Acts. God said, I know. <laughs> I said, all right, I've lived long enough. Don't disobey God. I walked up on that platform. I'm sure some people thought I was out of my mind, but I walked up to the first man and I said, I'm not going to touch you, sir. I'm just going to lay my shadow upon you. And I situated myself where the best light was, and I watched as the shadow of my hand passed over that man's forehead. He burst out speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. It didn't just stop there, but I went to the next person. Shadow my hand upon them, received the Holy Ghost, went down the line. Everybody received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. At the very end, Brother Quan received the gift of the Holy Ghost, and God physically healed his body. You know what? That didn't start there that day, but it started because a man of God said, I've got an impartation for you, and I'm happy to let Brother Hernandez know I'm still working in it. I'm still operating in it. Amen. The gift and the calling of God has not faded away. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? Hallelujah. A man by the name of Charlie Mahaney right at the close of his message, called me up. And he spoke many things over me, but one thing he imparted unto me was to be able to speak under the unction of the Holy Ghost through the gift of prophecy. Not too many years after that, when I was about 20 years old, I was at a conference, and I looked at a few rows behind me, and I knew there was a very, very prominent, distinguished, almost like a statesman, elder preacher among us, and I inquired who he was, and they told me, that is Kenneth Reeves. I thought, I have heard stories about this man. And I waited till after service, and I went up and talked to him, and he told me about old-time Pentecost. Can I tell you this? He was sick in body. His words were slurred. His voice was weak. But I knelt down in front of him, and I said, Bishop, thank you for giving me time. Would you please pray for me? And he said, I've been wanting you to ask me that. And I felt that elder's hands clamped down on my head and a voice that was once weak and thoughts that were slightly disheveled. All of a sudden, that voice turned into what sounded like a 30-year-old man and his thoughts sharpened up. Amen. And he began to pray over me and prophesy over my life. He said many things, but one of the things he said, he said, Lord, I ask you now to open up the eyes of this young man to angels and may the angels of the Lord come and visit him. I walked out of there not knowing what to expect or what to think. I was just so glad to be able to be in the presence of that great man of God. Last year, when the lockdown came, I was terrified. I thought, this is the end. We're going to always have to be afraid to breathe air. 
We're going to have to always be afraid to touch a door handle. This is the apocalypse. This is it. This is now. It's just me and my family now. We're going to have to lock the doors of the church, and the church will never have to gather again. The beast is about to rise up out of the sea, and I'm going to have to say no to the mark and all of that. That's what I thought. Our last Sunday together together was Sunday, March 15, 2020. And in that entire week, I suffered some type of melancholy and some type of depression. I thought it was over. But it was on Sunday, March 22nd, the first Sunday that we would gather together here and have online church. I remember thinking, how in the world can God move through the phone? How in the world can God move through the internet, but can I tell you what, during that lockdown, amen, we had miracles happen in people's homes, amen, and it was as if the church was here gathered together, hallelujah, amen, amen, where two or three are gathered together, God's presence is there, and we never lacked, amen, we never went without, it was a little bit difficult to set up phones and things like that, we did things we had never done before with technology, but God was there to help us, and we're here now at Passy the Mantle 2021, hallelujah. But on that Sunday morning, March 22nd, the first Sunday in lockdown, I was awakened with a tapping on my shoulder. I thought perhaps my wife or one of my children were waking me up. But when I opened my eyes, it was not my wife's hand or my child's hand. It was an enormous hand, and I saw as that hand withdrew as that finger was pointing and went down. I then looked at his other hand, and he held an enormous book. And a man about 15 feet tall stood beside me at my bed. It was nighttime out, no lights on in the room, but this man, this angel of the Lord glowed. It was like light was not shining on him, but light was shining out of him. And he spoke the word of the Lord to me, and he said, Some will die, but most will live. In 60 days, the church shall regather. There shall be three pandemics, and some shall say four, and the vision ended. You can imagine I was awake at that time. I sat up on the side of my bed. Sometimes when something like that happens, it takes you a day or two to download it all. But I came to church, and I told my father and a few others, I said, I think we got 60 days, and we're going to regather I was, as it were, almost ashamed of the vision. I didn't even know what to do with it. But I've got an okay from my father and a green light from some others. It's time for me to start talking about some of the things that I have seen and experienced. And I feel like I'm in a safe place for it. Hallelujah. But we went through lockdown church. And just as the Lord said, 60 days passed. And our church gathered back together, as many of yours did, on Sunday, May 17th. Amen. And we've been going strong ever since. You want to know where that came from? It was not me. But it was because a man named Charlie Mahaney wanted to impart something into me. And it was a man, Kenneth Reeves, who wanted to impart something into me. I didn't really ask for it, but I was open to it. And that's really all that it takes Because the men and women of God can see it and know it when you've got something inside of you. They know, amen, when you've got the potential that what they have you could do someday. And that is where the impartation comes. 
Can I tell you, this is an awesome conference and God does, amen, many miraculous things, but you must understand that the vision of this conference came because Pastor Gleason and Lee Stone King got together and said, we want to impart something unto the next generation. And that's what happens year after year. People leave with the gift of faith upon them. People leave with the gift of prophecy upon them. And people leave with the working of miracles upon them. And if you're hungry for it, I invite you to stand with me right now and just raise your hands and say, Lord, if you've got an impartation for me, send the man or the woman of God, amen, my way. Send the man my way. Send the man my way.